I have, um, I've always been interested in stories about space, uh, space exploration, all this. I've seen all the Star Wars movies and all the series on the, that they've been putting out here lately. I guess it's, it's cool to have a series with a bunch of episodes then just take care of it all in a movie. So that's what they're doing these days. And I'm, I'm uh, pretty much up, I don't watch the cartoons, but, but all the other ones I'm kind of uh, up to speed. I, I grew up on Captain Kirk and Star Trek. Man, yeah, then I never missed an episode, I don't think, of Star Trek Next Generation with Captain Jean-Luc Picard, right? Yeah? And he's still doing, doing some of that stuff, I think. Uh, um, and now, in addition to those fictional accounts, and for some of you, I hate to break it to you, but those are fictional accounts of space exploration. But uh, I, I've also, you know, tend to, I've watched videos and I've read books about, uh, about NASA and space travel, and including the first moon landing, and, and I've watched documentaries about uh, various uh, space exploration endeavors, uh, including might, what it might take to, uh, to, to, to send people to Mars someday, and I'm not uh, condoning that in any way, but it's just intriguing, all the science that goes into that and what we learn from, from all. I, I just watched, I think it's on uh, Amazon now, about, uh, it's called Oppie, and all about the, uh, the, the rover that was on Mars for so many, they thought it was going to be about three months, and it turned out to be 11 years, I think, that it was sending back information all over. My, it just, just kind of uh, intrigues me. No matter how different all of those space exploration accounts are. They, they seem to have at least one thing in common. They're all united around a mission. Whether it's going to the moon or blowing up the Death Star or going to Mars or boldly going where no one has gone before, uh, everyone involved knows the big picture and what they're trying to accomplish. You've, it's, it's the mission. Everyone knows how their job fits into accomplishing the mission. You've seen video and, and images of mission control, right? Where, where all those people, uh, all that it t- and they all have their specific little job that they've been doing and that they're doing in the moment in order to pull off this mission to outer space, whatever they're, they're accomplishing. And, and in space exploration, it's, it's, I think it's, it seems pretty easy to state the mission and then evaluate success or failure. Yes, we landed on the moon successfully. Or, Houston, we have a problem, right? I mean, it's, it's, we, we can evaluate that. Uh, uh, mission and its success or failure uh, seems pretty obvious in the realm of, of space science. But, but the question then is, uh, it, how do we relate that to our own lives? What is our mission? Uh, are we evalu- can we evaluate well whether we are accomplishing the mission that God has for us? And I think the start of a new year is a great time to ask questions like that. Maybe you've already been doing that in your own personal lives and, and evaluating what, what your mission, what our mission should be and how you're doing at accomplishing it. Because it's easy to get distracted and we tend to get caught up in a whole lot of things in life that, that aren't necessarily helping us to accomplish the, the most important things. In business circles, I think they call it sideways energy, right? Where we're, we're doing a lot of things but not necessarily getting any closer to accomplishing the goals. And, and I, I think it happens in our, in our lives all the time. And so, so for the next few weeks, I'd like us to take some time to evaluate the mission that God has for you individually and for our church together. This, this isn't about uh, resolutions or, or goals or strategies. I, I guess I just want to make sure that, uh, that, that, that I'm on track in my life, doing what God wants me to do, being who God wants me to be, and, and, and I want that for, 
for all of us. We only get one lifetime, right? So how are you using yours? Are you clear about your God-given mission, about our mission together as a church? Now, for a while now, uh, we have crystallized our mission here at Medina Naz into, into one powerful sentence. And it's packed with, with meaning and significance. And, and if we do what it says that we're doing, we're going to see God's mission accomplished in our church and in our personal lives. And, and, and I hope, I mean, I hope you've heard it before. I hope that when I say it in just a minute, and it appears up on the screen in just a second, that it's not something new, unless this is your first Sunday here, and then it will be something new. But uh, if, if you've been around here for any length of time, you probably, maybe, even have it memorized. It's, it's just one sentence. It's not very long. Uh, it's easy to remember. Our mission is simply this. Go ahead. We live to love people to life. Anybody heard that before? Only three of you. Good, great. Okay, this is where the, the, we, we interact, and you guys, this is the congregational involvement piece. Anybody heard that before? It's, I'll give you a clue. It's, um, it's written right, right there, um, so you get to see it every week, whether you, whether you uh, know it or not. But like in all things, the things that, uh, that we see the most, many times we end up just not seeing them. We live to love people to life. I mean, there's a lot packed in there. It's easy to say. Uh, it's easy to remember. That was part of the point of when we put all that together. But, but there's a lot packed in there. We means all of us together as well as each of us individually. Live means that this is what gets us out of bed every morning, that, that we're living this life with God, and, and it's, it's something that we're, we're, we're stepping into every day. Love people means that there are relationships involved here, right? It's, it's, it's what we're doing. Uh, we're building relationships, and not just here, building relationships here, but out there, right? That, that we're, we're uh, loving people that, that aren't just already part of our church. We, we, we see people through eyes of love. We extend God's love and grace in our relationships. It's, a, there's, it's, it's relational. And then we live to love people to life, we're talking about this abundant life with, with God, lived in a relationship with him that, that the Bible describes as abundant, or in some translations, the best life possible. This is the life that we're talking about. As we follow Jesus, he leads us to places of abundance. We live to love people to life. So to summarize, our lives are all about doing all that we can to build relationships with people so they can build a relationship with God. Now that is a little clunky, and so we say it this way. We live to love people to life. We're building relationships with people. We're looking to people with, with eyes of love. We're, we, we love people enough that uh, because we're living this life with God, we think that it would be uh, amazing if they would build this life with God too. Not just that we think it's amazing, but we see this as God's mission for us in the world. Now, now that is that's a whole lot more engaging than uh, Sunday. I guess I go to church, right? I mean, hopefully that's a little more engaging than. Or the pastor said I needed to invite you to Sunday school, so uh, so uh, here here's an invitation. Or or man, Sunday school that seems awful early. I don't know that I want to do that. I mean. I mean <laughs> All those things, programming kind of things of church stuff, uh, I mean, those, those, are, those are important and those are things that we do, but, but all on a quest to fulfill the mission, to, to love people to an abundant life with Jesus. We live to love people 
to life. Now, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of scriptural support to, to all of that. One verse that I think encapsulates it all is a, is a great one. It comes right out of uh, 1 Thessalonians, which is a, a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church that he started in a city called Thessalonica. Paul and his companions, if you, if you read it in the book of Acts, you'll see that, that uh, they, had, they had faced some pretty big opposition when they were uh, in, in Thessalonica, and people persecuted them. They actually had to, 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 to flee the city at one point. But, but, but here's how Paul described uh, uh, their, their time there in this letter that he wrote later on in order to encourage the church. 1 Thessalonians 2.8, he says this, Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. I mean, it, it just encapsulated, right? Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. I mean, that, that needs to be your first memory verse of 2023. Uh, just jot it down right now, First Thessalonians 2.8, make a card, put it on your mirror, uh, put it somewhere where you're gonna, and, and next week we're giving out, pri- no, we're not probably giving out prizes next week, but uh, uh, man, 1 Thessalonians 2.8, it encapsulates that mission. Uh, Paul wanted to live out his life with God in relationship with these people, not just to share the good news of Jesus, that was a big part of it, but also just because he loved them, and so they were sharing life together. Who, Who is it in your life that you care so much about that you can't help but share your life and your love of God with them? Is there anyone in your life, maybe a couple of people. Not sure how that really looks or how that's supposed to work. Hopefully, over the next few weeks, you'll be inspired to start sharing your life and your God with the people that God has put in your life. Loving people to life. Fulfilling this, this uh, deep, basic, deep, foundational mission that God has for us. I, I think a, a great place to start is to remind you that you have been placed right where you are on purpose. Sometimes it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes we feel like, oh, did I make the right decision here? Uh, should I have done that? Uh, you know, oh, this happened here, and I don't know. But, but God has placed you right where you are on purpose. God has shaped you and gifted you and placed you just as you are, just where you are, in order to fulfill your part in the mission of loving people to life. Sometimes we think it, it needs to be this big old thing, right? And, and uh, uh, we've got to go on this big, uh, uh, I don't know, adventure somewhere in order to live out this mission. We've got to go to Mars. That's, that's how it feels sometimes. And, and, and if that's how it feels, then we're pretty quick to just kind of, well, I can't really do that. And so I'm not, so I'm just going to go live. Here's uh, One author put it this way. He says, as I began to read the New Testament accounts, I saw that Christ almost never went out of his way to help anyone. Stick with me. He says, uh, he seems to have walked along and helped the people in his path. He was totally focused on doing God's will and going where God led him, but he never failed to help the people he met along the way while going where God directed him. Here's, Here's a thought to ponder as we are, what, eight days into this, seven and a half days into this new year. You are essential to the world where God has placed you. 
As you live to love people to life, God wants to change the people in, in your world through you. So are you? Are, are you living to love people to life? Maybe the clarifying question to ask is, what are you living for? And in church, we'll all say, Jesus, I'm living for Jesus. Great, good. Okay, if we were watching you, if we were tracking your life, if we were going through and what you, how you spend your time and, and where you go and, and what you spend your money on and, and uh, what you spend your time thinking about and, and putting in front of your, your face, and, and uh, all the, what, what, what are you living for? People tend to live for a whole lot of things. Some people live for acceptance. Life is all about fitting in and, and doing what's popular and not making waves so that, they're, so that they're liked and they just want to be accepted. Some people live for money and the, the stuff that money provides. For them, life is all about getting more and more financially secure and having the best things and a comfortable lifestyle. Those folks are are living for financial security, I guess we could say. There's a lot of people that are, that are just living for their relationships. Uh, maybe, maybe you think that, that family is, is what life is all about. Nothing interferes with family, or, or maybe it's that, that relationship with that significant other person in your life. Your, your mission in life can easily turn into keeping those relationships intact and making sure everybody's happy and making sure that we have those relationships, or just enjoying the people in your life. You're living for your relationships. Some people are living for their job, and, and you just, man, just love your job, and you love what you do and what you're accomplishing, and, and, uh, and, and so not necessarily even the financial piece of that, but you just love uh, your, your job and what you're doing. Some people uh, live for their hobbies. Uh, an inordinate amount of time and effort and money is invested in everything from, I don't know, stamp collecting to exercise to NASCAR, right? And, and, and everything in between. And we can get so caught up in our hobbies that they can direct our lives. And many people are just living for their hobbies. Some people are living for fame. I, I, that's me. I mean, I'm broadcast on the World Wide Web every every Sunday, and uh, this is where you insert the ding right there in my little, yeah, okay, good, all right, good. In this day and age of YouTubers and being TikTok famous or, or just being famous for being famous, right? Uh, I mean, people just catch the bug, and they, they want fame and notoriety, and, and, uh, and they're living for, for, for it. Some people uh, are living for things that are much, no, much more noble than that. Uh, they, they live for a cause that they believe in, uh, being philanthropic, making the world a, a better place, maybe uh, building wells in Africa or saving the polar bears or, or finding a fure, cure for cancer. It's what gets you out of bed every morning. Life is about the causes. Our health can turn into something we live for. Many people spend a, a lot of time focused on, on their exercise and, and, and what they eat, especially during the first two weeks of the year, right? Um, what's, what's the joke? How can you tell if someone's vegan? Don't worry, they'll tell you. No, I, I'm sorry if that offended anybody, but uh, sometimes we're just so focused on those, those, uh, those, those, whether it's a specific diet or a specific exercise program or, or all of the above, and, and it's just all that we talk about and all that we do and all that we think about, and when we're not doing it, we're thinking about doing it. And, uh, and, and, and so we plan our lives around the, the next workout routine or the, the next meal and what it's gonna, we live for this, uh, this healthy lifestyle. For others, maybe it's uh, something a little different. Maybe you're just living to be happy, right? Comfortable and happy. 
Every decision goes through the filter of my own comfort. Is this going to make me comfortable? Activities, entertainment, food, relationships. I'm living for what I like. That's just a few things. There's probably more. The question has to be, as we evaluate this on the second Sunday of 2023, what are you living for? What gets you out of bed every day? I, I mean, to some extent, uh, most of those things are, are fine, it's, at least in moderation. We, we should invest in healthy relationships. And, and digging wells in Africa is awesome. And, and having a healthy financial practice uh, in our lives is, is so important. And, and it's great to eat right and exercise. But, but none of those things were ever intended to be what we live for, the thing that we center our lives on, the mission of our lives. What are you living for. There's a, there's a familiar passage at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 that talks directly to this. I, I hesitate to even, to even go there today because these verses are pretty familiar. Not only are we tell, am I telling you this sentence that you've heard for years now, uh, we live to love people to life, but now I'm going to a passage that you've probably heard uh, uh, even longer than that. And, and that's how it is sometimes. Some of the most basic, foundational, fundamental things we just skip right over. And so I hope that we won't just dismiss this uh, because we're familiar with it. I, I hope that we'll allow God to speak new truth through this. Uh, the, the message translation, and uh, start out these verses, this passage in, uh, in Matthew chapter 5 with, with this phrase. It says, let me tell you why you are here. In other words, here's your mission, should you choose to accept it, right? Uh, uh, listen up. This is what should be getting you out of bed every morning. Uh, this is what you should be living for. Uh, why am I here? We're asking. Why am I here? What's going on? What is the purpose of my life? What's my mission, God? What is the deal? Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, let me tell you why you're here. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt and light in the world around you. Well, that sounds a little weird. That's a little, uh, that's using some metaphors there. Pastor, what's going on? Well, salt was an essential part of life in Jesus' day. Without the modern conveniences of refrigeration, salt was the primary way that they preserved meat and other food. Salt also was used as seasoning. Salt has purifying qualities, especially in, in wounds and, and things such as that. Salt was, was essential to the culture of the day. And Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Light is used as a metaphor for many things in the Bible. It signifies truth, it gives direction, it provides clarity. Light is used to uh, describe righteousness and holiness, living in the light. God is even described as light. In him there is no darkness at all. It says uh, light has always, from the beginning of time, been essential to life. And Jesus said, you are the light of the world. The, the whole point of salt is that it's 
salty. I, uh, that might be uh, scientifically, you know, over your heads, but I think you can get it. The, re- the whole point of salt is that it's, so here's another one. The whole point of, of, of light is that it shines. So, so if, if salt has lost its saltiness, then, then it's, it's not essential anymore. It's garbage, and we get rid of it and move on to salt that's salty, right? And, and if, if, if light is not shining, then there's no point, uh, and we, uh, we take that burnt-out light bulb out of the fixture, and we put it in the garbage because it's no longer essential. It's no longer useful So stick with me here. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You are essential to the world where you live. If you are a follower of God, you are to be constantly bringing the presence and influence of God to the world around you. That's why you are here. There's a a distinction I want to make, and it it may seem like this little small semantic kind of thing, but I think it's... I think it's vitally important. These verses say you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Jesus didn't start out the, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount after the Beatitudes. He, he didn't say you need to do a lot of salty things. You need to shine. He said you are salt. You are light. So your purpose, your mission in life is not to do, but to be. Do we catch that distinction? I mean, you're, you're going to do salty things if you're salt, and if you're going to shine if, if you're light, but, but it's only because you are salt and light that you do the thing. It, it's about who you are, not just what you do. This plays, I don't know, one way that helps me understand this a little bit is to think about relationships. I mean, there are things that I do, but only because of the commitment that I've made to be in, in relationship. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I don't just do husbandy things, right? I, I do husbandy things because I am Rebecca's husband. I, I, I'm, I'm not just doing things that a dad would do, but I am a dad, and so therefore those things are done. If, if you are a true follower of God, Scripture says right here that you are salt in this world. You are light in this culture. So if you're not seeing that you're having much of an influence on those around you, it might mean that you need to revisit your own life in relationship with God yourself. The first part of living to love people to life is the living, right? Uh, we, we have to live in relationship with God ourselves. If we're not living it, if you don't really believe it for yourself, if you haven't inhabited it, if you, if you haven't let Christ inhabit you, then, then you'll never have much influence on anyone else and the mission just kind of falls by the wayside because you, you aren't salt or light. You're just maybe doing some salty things or some, some shiny things. I don't, the, the summer after my sophomore year in college, I answered an ad in the paper for a job going door-to-door soliciting donations for a political action group in downtown Columbus. If you received enough donations on any given evening, you could make over 300 bucks a week, which was pretty good money for a, for a college kid on break uh, at the end of the 80s. Yeah, that, okay, do the math. I'm 52. Um, so anyway, went to the interview 
I think they were taking anybody that would walk through the door, but I took the job, we'll do this. And so every evening they, they, they'd drop us off in a neighborhood and we had clipboards and we had a spiel, right? And, uh, and, and, and uh, we would go door to door and uh, ask for signatures and donations in support of something. But that was the problem because I was never quite sure what we were getting donations for or how the money was going to be used or, or really what difference it would make. I memorized the spiel, but I didn't understand, let alone believe in the message. I was there to get some money while I was on break. And so believe it or not, I didn't do so well. And uh, I never hit my quota. I quit after three weeks, which was probably about two weeks too many and uh, I ended up washing dishes at a restaurant the rest of the summer. I could believe in that. I believed wholeheartedly in clean dishes. That experience and others like it have convinced me that, that the best influencers deeply believe in and are living for their cause, right? In, in Christianity, that means that, that we have to believe it in our heart and, and live it ourselves before we'll ever have influence on others. We have to be salt before we're salty. We have to be light in order to shine. And that's when living to love people to life naturally begins to happen through your life. You are essential to the lives of the people around you. Maybe that's in your marriage Maybe that's in your family with your kids or with your, uh, your, your uh, aging parents. Kids or teens, maybe that's with your not-so-aging parents, although they may seem like they're aging parents, right? Maybe that's at your job and the conversations you might have or at school and uh, uh, the, the, your, your friends or, or extracurricular activities or maybe it's in the community or where you volunteer or, or the things that you support. Uh, you are essential to the, <clears throat> to the lives of the people around you to bring the flavor and the light and, uh, and the love of God into the lives of others. It's your mission. It's why you're here. It's why we're here as a church. We're not here just to have a service every week and have some other programs and some great ministry and maybe a class or two. We, we are here to love people to life. So are you loving people to life? It, is that what you're living for? Maybe we need to practice. I know just saying it doesn't make it true, but, but maybe we need to say it. I live to love people to life. Can we say that together? I live to love people to life. When we say we, that's great. We're part of the we, but sometimes we go, yeah, we, but mainly them. Uh, they're the ones loving people. When we personalize it, we, we start to realize that this is something that God expects of me. I and to live so that others can catch God's love and live life with him as well. It's, it's our mission. It's why we're here. If you've gotten off track or, or you've got distracted or, or you've just maybe never even thought about it much, uh, today is a great day at the beginning of a new year to consider these things and to think about what that might look like this afternoon or this week as we step into the life where we live, where we are essential Ask God to help you live your life on purpose, to live your life on mission, loving people to life. Father God, what a, 
What an amazing thing to think that you have placed us in this world on purpose. Lord, we pray that you would guide and direct our steps, that you would uh, guide us to those relationships and those opportunities where we can shine for you, where we can bring your flavor, where we can show your love. Lord, I I pray that even in this moment that, that you would help us to make that commitment fresh and new, that we are going to do whatever it takes to allow you to make us salt and light in this world where we live. We desire to be on mission for you, to love people to life, the ones that you bring uh, across our path. We worship you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.